You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, kids? My name is Ray Rout, and I'm the host of the Dear Pats Nation podcast. Thank you for tuning in on this Wednesday, February the 9th, 2022. Get ready for an hour of unfiltered football talking shenanigans. My guest tonight will be Mario from Hashtag Sports, and we're going to discuss this whole Roger Goodell playing absolutely dumb when being asked about the flake gate today. Yes, seven years later, we're still talking about Deflategate because it is time that we vindicate Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Lift that stain, lift that asterisk. We're going to be discussing all that tonight. This episode of the Dear Pass Nation podcast is brought to you by Ultra Game. Get decked out in fully licensed NFL gear. They have all your favorite teams over there. Go check out Ultra Game, one of the largest suppliers of licensed NFL apparel. Don't waste your money on knockoffs. Go get geared up with Ultra Game. I've left that link in the description. And of course, as you all know, we are members of the Dear Blundell Podcast Network. Go over to DeanBlundell.com. Check out the network. Check out the stuff that I'm doing over there. See what else is happening over at DeanBlundell.com. Over 100 podcasts and content creators. Go check it out. That is DeanBlundell.com. For those of you watching live, start popping in your comments. Start popping in your questions. Ask us anything you want about those New England Patriots because we're going to get to them tonight. We're going to talk about all that we can. With all that being said, let's bring in Mike. Producer Mike. What's going on? How are you? Doing good. Living the dream? Living the dream. Living the mother effing dream. That's what they tell me. That's what the kids say. Did you know that, Mike? Yeah, those kids are foul language today. Foul language. That (laughs) didn't even make sense. All right. I'm just going to go back. It's all good. So we do have a couple of Patreon questions we got to get to tonight. So we're going to get to those first, because as you know, we guarantee our Patreon members get comments and questions answered on our show, as you know. Yes, they do. Uh, The first one comes from uh, our, I always say this wrong, Articular Pack 6. Do you think that we see Gronk team up with Burrow? Now, that's clearly in response to a story that came out today because it's Super Bowl week, and I think everybody who's ever been associated with the NFL, I'm surprised I wasn't interviewed for Super Bowl week. By the way, I will be on the Dean Blundell podcast on Monday to talk about the Super Bowl. But um, 
everybody gets things. And they asked, hey, man, outside of Tom Brady, what quarterback would you want throwing the football to? And, of course, Rob Gronkowski said Joe Burrow. He was asked a direct – but he was asked a direct question. He gave a direct answer. But that, of course, has left a lot of Patriot fans wondering whether or not we're going to see Rob Gronkowski, who said he would only play with Tom Brady, head on over and play for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I saw this everywhere. I saw it all over Twitter. It ended up in our group chat today. I saw it on our Discord page. I saw it on Facebook. Anywhere that I am on social media, any platform, it was there. Yes. People wondering, will Gronk chase another ring and go play for Joe Burrow? Cincinnati fans already began the conversation about him and Quinn going in and out, what he could bring to the team. Yes, they need offensive line help, but Rob Gronkowski could help block as we all know, Rob Gronkowski is 33 years old. He's no longer the guy that he once was, but he still can be very dynamic and be very impactful down the field. So do I think that we're going to see Rob Gronkowski playing with Joe Burrow? Well, that answer is a fat N-O no. I don't believe that we're going to see Rob Gronkowski play football again. Listen. During Super Bowl week, people are going to be asked questions. Players are going to be asked questions about everything. Now, some of you may not know this, but Tom Brady announced his retirement last week. Rob Gronkowski has played with Tom Brady for his entire career, most of it being with the Patriots, some of it being with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And because of that, and because it's Super Bowl week, and because all the players with any personality, any name, any cachet will make their rounds with the media, media row, we all know the story. They're going to ask them questions about football, about the Super Bowl. And of course, one of the leading stories in the NFL is that Tom Brady announced his retirement. So because of that, Gronk was asked, hey, now that Brady's gone, are you going to keep playing football? And what young quarterback would you want to catch the football from? So I absolutely positively have no thoughts of Gronk playing for Cincy. It's not going to happen. I understand the intrigue. I understand people maybe wanting it to happen. Heck, I even understand why Cincy fans would be excited, but you got to get that out of your head. Rob Gronkowski will not play for the Cincinnati Bengals, and I will make my prediction, stamp it, hot take right here. Gronkowski will announce his re- his final retirement two to three weeks after the Super Bowl. Mike, will we see Rob Gronkowski taking passes from Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati? Oh, I think Ray uh, lagged out there a little bit. Um, Did you get my question? Yeah, okay, you're back. Yeah, uh, so I get the gist of the question. Uh, Short answer, no. Long answer, absolutely not. Like you said, he's going to retire. I think he's going to give it about three weeks. I I think he wanted to give Brady some space. I think he wanted to... Oh, maybe we lost Ray permanently. Okay. Oh, there he is. He's back. I don't have to you pull just gotta Lawrence keep in talking. this time. Just so you know, if I go out, just keep talking. Keep giving your answer. You're good. You don't have to wait for yeah, me to be here. I can, yeah, yeah. I can hear you the whole time, too, okay. as I was spinning out. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just, uh, you know, you know, I'm wondering if you're going to come back immediately or if you're going to keep, uh, so let's start it over again. Let's, let's just start Uh, it all over again. Sure. Mike producer, Mike, do you believe that we're going to see Rob Gronkowski taking passes from Joe Burrow 
the next season. No, you know, as fun as of an idea as it sounds to see Gronk go play with a, a young, you know, hot up and coming quarterback. I really don't think it's going to happen. I think he wanted to give Brady some space, probably give the Super Bowl some space, you know, to announce his retirement. And listen, he's he's retired once before, so it, it, it's going to be a footnote. He's going to he's going to retire. It's probably going to be a quick Instagram post, maybe a, a little you know, speech on Instagram, maybe a video. And I think he's going to be done with it. And I don't think people are going to say much because he was here two years ago. Yeah. I think people will still say much to be honest with you. I still believe that people, yeah, I do. I think that people will. Yeah. Patriot fans. Listen, Tom Brady didn't mention the new England Patriots in his retirement post on Instagram. And I would say 50% of Pat's nation lost their mind. So when like Rob this. Gronkowski, ah. yes, when Rob Damn Gronkowski crazy. retires, first of all, I hope Rob learned from Brady and that he will make some sort of mention of the Patriots because we all know that Patriot fans are going to go berserk. They're going to go ballistic. They're going to be upset is everything if he doesn't mention the Patriots. Number two, I think that Patriot fans are going to mourn the day the same way they did the first time he retired, the same way they did when he went to Tampa Bay. And I will say this. I think that Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans felt equally as bad about Brady retiring as Patriot fans did. Like they just lost the quarterback who won them a Super Bowl, made them relevant again. That's obviously a big deal for them. I this time around, I bet you Patriot fans will make a bigger deal of Gronkowski leaving than Buccaneers fans will. I mean that that's fair. I mean we we are more attached to him, right, than than the Bucks fans probably ever will be. And we got prime Gronk. We got to see playmaker Gronk. So. They got to see a little bit of that in the last Super Bowl and, um, you know, a little down the stretch here when he was kind of the last man standing for Brady. But, yeah, that that does make sense. That's a fair assessment that obviously there's going to be a lot more of an emotional attachment for New England fans to Gronk. So you could be right. I, I personally I mean, you know, my feelings on Gronk when he left, I was a little well, more than a little bitter because of the way he retired. And there's a backstory to that. So I, I kind of lost some respect for him in that process. Are you, are you still bitter towards Gronk over that? Because let me just clarify for everybody who doesn't know the story, maybe doesn't want to remember, maybe he's new to the Patriots Nation channel. Um, So Gronkowski retired from the Patriots after they won the Super Bowl, which I don't think Mike is upset about. He's not upset about retiring but what he did was is Gronk waited two weeks after free agency had started so people get upset because Bill Belichick never had a replacement lined up and he retires Ray you're breaking up pretty bad um so you're, you're frozen right oh your your face is frozen but i can hear you okay um yeah long, long and 
you're can you hear me Mike yeah i can hear you am i back i can hear you i can hear you can you hear me yeah yeah i can hear you can you hear me yeah i can hear you you're a little fuzzy i can tell you're lagging a little bit because it seems like it's delayed yeah i'm uh i've got one bar there we go so where did I cut out on okay. you? Was I still explaining why you were upset? Did I, yeah, did, you, I did you even hear that? You were still explaining. You kind of got to the uh the free agency part. So he waited till the end of free agency. I'm just gonna start over again because I need like I was Okay. No, whatever. Anyways, he screwed us. Uh there was a tight end that was going to there's a tight end that was going to sign with us and right, yep. he didn't. And he didn't because he didn't want to play second fiddle to Gronk. And he happened to sign with the New Orleans Saints and had a pretty good season that year. And so Gronk, basically, why Mike's upset is he left the Patriots high and dry. Be you know, and not allowing them. So, Mike, I'm going to ask you, are you still bitter about Gronk leaving the Patriots? If I still think about the circumstances of what went down that year in the context of us talking about that year, I still get kind of upset. I've kind of let it go at this point because, you know, I think we just have to move on. Like, listen, the Patriots are in a different place. We have a different quarterback now. We have we have great tight ends again. I think we need to look towards the future. We can't keep, you know, going back to what was that, 2018 at that point and just, you know, keep sulking, basically. Can yeah. you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Yep. Not really. Mikey, I'm going to go reset my Wi-Fi and we're going to start this over again. Okay. I'll, this, uh... is just, this is pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, go reset your stuff. I can All right. keep people so occupied. I'll, I'll message you when I'm done. All okay. right. You can. All right. You talk, okay? Yeah. Go ahead. All right, everybody. If you want to drop a comment in the chat, I can answer it for you. Um, we can just, you know, feel some, just, you know, throw something at me. Let's see if we can answer. We'll keep you guys occupied for about five minutes while uh, Ray's going here. Let's see. Let's see. Anybody drop anything down there? Uh, Brady set the whole thing up with Gronk, Edward says. <laughs> yeah, the new Mike show. Hopefully not. I want, uh, if it's going to be, you guys got to drop some more comments. I'm not as good at the, uh, you know, free basing like <laughs> Ray is. So, um, yeah, listen, I do think Brady set up the whole thing with Gronk, but I think the idea or at least some of the speculation is out there when they got Antonio Brown that Gronk was going to come back you know, like midway through the season, um, you know, a little rested and refreshed and kind of be the uh, icing on top of the cake, so to speak, that would kind of lead them to the Super Bowl, you know, the AB and Gronk show. And then you'd have, you know, Josh Gordon or something mixed in there. And, you know, obviously we know what happened that that season. It all blew up. Uh, you know, Brady never ended up making a deal with the Patriots, nor do, do I think he intended to. But you know, they were probably both going to move on after that season if if Gronk played as well. So there you go. All right. Any other questions here? 
Anybody? Anybody get a question? Not a lot of questions here from you guys. What do you guys think of, uh, you know, potentially no OC out there? We're hearing more of that rumor today that the Patriots are looking at, you know, a combination of Joe Judge leading that room and uh, Mick Lombardi and things of that nature. <laughs> Listen, man. Me too. Six figures. Let's go, Alex. You are absolutely right. See, Ray doesn't tell you guys he's rolling in it. Scrooge McDuck, he's got his uh he's got his money vault that he goes and swims in every night after he's done the podcast. He just does this for a lot of fun. <laughs> so uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, back to the Joe Judge potentially leading that room thing. Um you know, we'll see what happens there. You know, Ray and I were talking about this yesterday with Lawrence and, you know, on and off and things of that nature. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Patriots in that offensive uh, coordinator position. Are they going to, you know, have Joe headed up, head, head the room up uh, like they do with the uh, defensive room right now, basically a collection of minds, so... Yeah, David. I mean, that's fair. So David saying not getting the warm and fuzzies about Joe Judge being the OC after the Giants offense was pretty awful. Listen, um, you know, I think Joe Judge wasn't doing a lot of the offensive play calling from what I understand in uh, New York. I think, you know, he was in the truest sense of the word, a head coach. I think um you know, he was, he was making a lot of other calls. So, so we'll see. I, I know he doesn't have a ton of experience with it. You know, in new England, he was the receivers coach and he was, um, I believe an offensive line coach. So we'll see what happens there with him and raise back. I was actually thinking of having a live call with bell with you guys on the line. So you can see the conversation I'm going to have with them because all I am livid right now livid i'm done with dropping out of streams like so done with dropping it's, out of streams it's funny because you've been stable for quite a while up oh until yeah like but the last, the last few days the last week has been brutal it's been yeah. brutal it's embarrassing i just missed four minutes of my own show it's all right i held down the port pretty put good. that question back up Uh, says not getting a warm and fuzzy feeling about Joe Judge. Are you kidding me? Is that me or Mike? Is that me who's out, Mike? No, I can hear you. Okay, because on my oh. screen right now, I'm cut out on, on my, my other screen. Sorry, no, nope, uh, David says not getting a warm and fuzzy feeling about Joe Judge as OC, uh, after his train wreck performance as Giants head coach. So, a couple of different things to talk about there. Number one. Nobody said that Joe Judge was going to be the offensive coordinator. Ian Rappaport came out and said, oh, the Patriots are bringing back Joe Judge as an assistant. That means they don't have to hire an offensive coordinator. However, every credible Patriots reporter out there came out and said, hey, I still expect the Patriots to hire uh, an offensive coordinator. Bill O'Brien is still number one on their list. Yep. Please, and I beg you. 
be cautious of mainstream media because they run with narratives. They're always going to run with narratives. They're going to say what they think is popular. They're going to say what they believe is the right thing. And they're going to say things that don't necessarily make sense in the minds of people in the know. That all being said, Joe Judge was not the offensive coordinator of the New York Giants. The same way that you guys blame Josh McDaniels and not Bill Belichick for offensive performances last year. If you're going to take the standpoint of Joe Judge is the reason that the New England Patriots offense didn't work or the New York Giants offense was bad, then every misstep from last year can't be on Josh McDaniels. It has to be on Bill Belichick. And this is where I go with things. And we had this argument on Friday night. It's a pick and choose argument. You'll, when it fits your narrative, you'll make the argument. When it doesn't fit your narrative, you won't make the argument or you'll make it the other way. So no, uh, I, I understand you're not getting warm and fuzzy feelings. I, for one, and according to a lot of credible Patriots media, uh, don't believe it either that Joe Judge is slotted to be the Patriots offensive coordinator this season. And let's also not forget Josh McDaniels was an awful head coach in Denver. Yeah, so I was just saying before you came in, the big thing today on the Boston Sports Radio was, um, you know, Joe Judge basically uh, heading up the offensive room, so to speak. And, you know, they'll have something similar to the defensive side of things where it's more of a collection of minds than a single play caller. Which, in that sense, it may not be the worst thing to have him as like the lead offensive mind, but I think you need to have somebody who's still a little bit more experienced and maybe calling plays. I don't think he'll be the best um, person in that uh, circumstance. But um, listen, like let's boil this down, right? Special teams for the Patriots was subpar this year to say the least. He, he, If anything, he's dipping his toes back in right where he came from. He's probably going to be involved with special teams and some other things. So, The reason that the... So I'm watching us on YouTube too, or am I frozen on YouTube? No, I'm live on YouTube. No. We're, we're frozen on YouTube like crazy. This friggin... I'm just saying... <sighs> No, yeah, I'm I'm livid at the moment. Um, anyways, the reason the Patriots can live without a de facto offensive co- or uh, defensive coordinator is because Bill Belichick's fingers are all over the defense. It's Bill Belichick's defense. Bill Belichick works it on the defensive game plan. Yep. Offensively, you have to have somebody in charge. You have to have somebody who is going to be able to call that offense, have somebody who's going to be able to uh, run that game plan. Not that Bill Belichick doesn't understand offensive football. You can't be a great defensive coach without understanding the offense, and that includes your own. However, Bill Belichick has never been one to get overly and heavily involved in the offensive game plan, and so because of that, you need a coordinator. I don't believe. I know what the Boston radio narrative is. I have an issue with Boston radio and I have an issue with, with a lot of main street media who like to run with made up narratives that they came up with themselves when there's no actual or real proof that any of it is true. 
No, and I, and I agree with you. I mean, we we talked about this, or you know, in, in the chat the other day. This was one of this was one of the things like I really wasn't even willing to entertain like an argument on because it just seemed like clickbait at the time, right? So even if they don't get Bill O'Brien, which we all agree is the best case circumstance for the Patriots for a multitude of reasons, they need an offensive play caller for the reason that you mentioned, right? Bill Belichick could handle that defense eight ways to Sunday, okay, and we'd be fine. All the other guys don't matter. Josh McDaniels leaves this room, okay, no matter what I think of him, they still need a leader in that room more than the defense ever will to your point, even if it is Joe judge, even if it, you know, and it's Mick Lombardi basically with the play sheet going, this is the play we need. And he's going to call the play. I think it would be awful, but you, you still need something. You can't have quite the collection of, you know, seven minds that you do on defense. Let me throw a crazy scenario at you. But one that I think is actually, I believe, would actually be good for the Patriots. Now, I know that there's people out there based on, quote, somebody having an awful tenure as a head coach. They would look down on this. But I want to remind people that there's a lot of times that great coordinators don't necessarily translate to being great head coaches. But Freddie Kitchens is not an official offensive coordinator for the New York Giants. Meaning, if he were to take an offensive coordinator position, it wouldn't be a lateral move and they could just sign him. So I want to lay this on the table for you. Freddie Kitchens was hired by Joe Judge. When Jason Garrett was fired... Freddie Kitchens was the one who took over the offense. He was also the quarterback coach. Yep. And I know people are going to say like, well, no, no, no. He was brutal. He was awful. Well, let me... Baker Mayfield played his best football under Freddie Kitchens, not Kevin Stefanski. Played his best football under Freddie Kitchens, first as his quarterback coach and offensive coordinator, and then as a head coach. So... I think that there's an opportunity there that you could bring in a Freddie Kitchens, have Joe Judge, who was the wide receiver coach in 2020, 2019. Sorry, and that was also a year the offense. The, the that was also a year the wide receiver coach where wide receivers weren't great. But uh, however, I was just I was just gonna say so. Let's not blame him completely because the cupboard was also kind of bare that year because everybody keeps bringing that up as a strike against him. Guys, listen, that wide receiver room was not great. Anyway, sorry, continue. No, 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 you're absolutely right. Because that was a year that, I mean, when you think about the 2019 season, the what could have been at the beginning of the season to what it ended up with, week two against the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots starting wide receivers, listen to this, was Julian Edelman, Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, (laughs) Philip Dorsett. That was one, two, three, four. That was the Patriots... And they had Wide Demarius Thomas floating around still. No, Demarius Thomas was traded after was traded after they signed right, Antonio Brown. Right, right. But they played week two with A B, Philip Dorsett, Josh Gordon, and Julian Edelman. Tom Brady, obviously the quarterback. James White, the running back. The Patriots beat up, beat up on the Miami Dolphins. Fast forward to what, week 10? Yeah. The Patriots had a beat up Julian Edelman injured Mohamed Sanu. Um, and I'm going to say Mohamed Sanu suddenly couldn't catch the football and Nikhil yeah. Harry. 
That was their off. That was their wide receivers. So they went from a healthy Julian Edelman, Antonio Brown, and Josh Gordon as their one, two, three, with the Philip Dorsett as a f- number four. And Philip Dorsett was actually great in that number four position. Had a great play down the yeah. middle of the field because they could use him as a stretch guy. To all of a sudden, nobody, and his best tight end was Matt Lacoste. Yeah. So that 2019 season was so much of a think of what Joe judge did with those guys at the beginning of the year towards the end of the year, when there was nobody Philip Dorsett was exposed because he was getting used too much. And right. If we can just face it, Tom Brady was force feeding the football to Mohamed Sanu or Julian Edelman. He didn't trust on the ball to anybody else. And that was, of course, Nikhil Harry emerged week 10. <laughs> and uh I mean Nikhil Harry to... didn't look terrible that year for what he was too well like, he didn't look terrible that year but we also blame Tom Brady for him not right that Which, big explosive player right all Brady didn't want to work with him right all Cam Newton wants to work with him watch what happens when you got a guy who wants to work with him and then right <laughs> then then you watched it and then you had Mac Jones work with him and then you're kind of like oh well maybe it wasn't Brady's fault maybe it was uh Maybe it was Nikhil Harry. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Nikhil Harry's not a good wide. Maybe we could have had Debo Samuel or DK Metcalf, you know? Yeah, like it's, it's uh that's it's still gonna go man. down as one of the most disappointing draft moments for me. And not because of Nikhil Harry, not because of the miss. Everybody misses, right? right? Like everybody misses in the draft. But I think the fact that after Nikhil Harry, the most disappointing receiver was Hollywood Brown, and I think he had a 1,000 yards receiving this year. You know what I mean? And then you had Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. Gonna cry. So I think that that's why. So it's not necessarily the disappointment of the miss. Because trust me, the New England Patriots aren't the first and only team to ever miss in the first round, second round, third round, or ever miss. I think the disappointment was is how successful everybody else became right after. So that that's the biggest thing, right? Because let's put it into context, right? With like Isaiah Wynn and um, Sony Michelle. Like, listen, people are all upset about those those guys. They shouldn't be. Like, listen, they're they're pretty productive. You didn't you didn't swing and whiff. You 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 overdrafted. Nikhil Harry. I get why people are mad. It's just a complete, you know. Not only did you miss, but like you said, Debo and and the names go on. AJ Brown, it's like oof. Even uh, McKinsey, what what was he? A fourth round pick? Yeah, crazy, crazy. Isaiah McKenzie. And let's also not forget too, though, as much as they missed on Nikhil Harry, uh, Jacoby Myers is an undrafted free agent. Wasn't Same that bad man. of a move, right? Uh, Producer Mike, thank you. Thanks for holding down the fort as my uh, hamster fell off the wheel and I had to go readjust the cage. That's okay, man. I appreciate it. Make sure you feed him. Oh, yeah. Well, Bell and I will be having a nice chat in the morning because uh, I'm going to tell them they owe me money. Is that going to be on Patreon for people to watch? I will bet you any money that our view drop-off ends at the 13-minute mark. Fair when, enough. When we look at the analytics. Because anybody watching the replay who just sees me My continuously face. disappearing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'll say it's going to be that kind of night. Thanks, Mikey. All right. Night, everybody. If we can clear that chat, Mike. All right, guys, it is Wednesday night, so you know what that means. It's time for a little bit of table breaking. It's time for a little bit of nonsense. It's time for a little bit of yappity, yappity, yap. Tom Brady this, Tom Brady that. Josh Allen, kiss my ass. 
Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Buffalo, New York, representing hashtag sports, standing at six foot three, a slender 213 pounds. I, mean, I don't know. 200, maybe I offended him. 230. Ladies and gentlemen, my paisano, my guido. The Jersey, the Buffalo Jersey Shore wannabe, Mr. Mario. What's up? Please, let's get one thing straight right now, right before we even continue on this. As a fellow Paisano, you have to know what an abomination Jersey Shore was. So, you need to understand. Jim Tanlip. Mm-hmm. I love Jersey Shore. Oh my God! What is wrong with you? I I love, dude. I love Jersey Shore. <laughs> love it. DJ Pauly D was like, just like, you telling me you wouldn't want to hang with DJ Pauly D? Is that what you're telling me? I would rather rub one out with eighty grit sandpaper. <sighs> oh, if I had your dick, I would too. But um, <laughs> no, I just. Uh, <laughs> He's I, done. No, I, I love the shore. I love the oh shore. Oh my god! You don't like Jersey Shore? I know what part of Jersey Shore I like is when Snooki got punched in the face. You know there was like four Italians on that show. I know the rest of them acted like they were Italian, but yeah. there were Paulie's Italian, Vinny's Italian, uh, Fredo. <laughs> what? You broke my heart, Fredo. <laughs> Those two. Who else is Italian? Snook's not Italian. I never watched it, so you're, you're talking to the wrong. Wow is Spanish. I'm trying to I have who's more. Italian. I have more knowledge of the voice than I do Jersey Shore. Now, see, the voice is something I can't get behind. Why? I don't know. They just they annoy me. Ray, weren't you the one that told me the other day that you farted on the bus and four people turned around and you thought you were on the Voice? <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm too good for the bus. <laughs> I would not. I would not take public transport. If I was on a bus, it'd be my private bus. Uh, private, so, I believe you would have a private bus. Do I look like I'm from Buffalo? Like, come on. Now we're gonna make this a turf war. Do people in Buffalo hate Toronto like the way people in Toronto hate Buffalo? Is that like a mutual exclusive hate? Uh, the only. The only time I remember any kind of significant dislike of Toronto from Buffalo was when there was all that talk of Buffalo moving to Toronto, moving their franchise there, and then people didn't like it. Oh. Which also stems a lot off of the, um, the Bon Jovi hate. Hmm. So, because him, him and Kraft are boys. And he's from Buffalo, right? He's from Jersey. <laughs> What or Jersey? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. What is the um? Now that's a guy I can't get behind. It Bon Jovi. I hope you don't mentioned. get behind any guy, Ray. Just for your uh, sake. I'm just telling well, you. Well, it's better than getting in front. But um. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know when we're not even those, a minute into the show. You know when you have those moments and you just know you just canceled yourself. <laughs> I always knew it would happen. It's a yellow video. <laughs> I always knew it would happen. I appreciate everybody who supported me all these years. <laughs> Thanks for watching, guys. Thank you for watching. Um, um, no. Um, 
God, the hell is it going to say now? No, I can't. I can't get behind. Uh, but no, uh, you know, people in yeah, Toronto really hate people in Buffalo. Oh, right? Toronto. That's it. Buffalo and Toronto. Yeah. You know, that would be a massive failure if they came here. eh? Uh, the game, the Toronto series they had when they were moving games up there. I, I don't I didn't understand it. It was very well, weird. here's the problem. And this is, you know, you know how much that screwed us here in Toronto, though. You know how much that screwed us that that series. Because that was the NFL's test to see if Toronto could support an NFL team. And we couldn't sell out the stadium. <laughs> but here's the difference. What do what do what does a set of nosebleeds cost in Buffalo? Oh, good. Regular season game? Back in regular the regular season game. You can give them away. I don't yeah, know. During that time. During that point, time period. During that time period, 10, 15 bucks probably. 120 bucks a pop here. Stop for nosebleeds. No. Stop it. Uh, no, 120 bucks a pop. Do you get like two no- free hot dogs and a drink or something? No, hot dogs are like nine bucks. Um, and I are going to have words. McChicken so, and I are going to have words. Oh, no. What's he saying? He said the show collapsed faster than the Bills defense in 13 seconds. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no. So, and so that, so that was the problem. Number one, the price point that they put on the tickets was way too high because everybody here was like, we could drive to Buffalo next week. And get you know what I mean, and spend a whole they had to do make a day of it. It would still cost us less. Um, the other thing too is we're not all Buffalo fans here. Like it's not our team. Just because we're close to the border, there's a lot of Lions fans in Toronto. There's a lot of Patriots fans in Toronto. There's a lot mm-hmm. of Steelers fans, Dolphins fans in Toronto. Like we're a very mixed bag. I remember one of the games that came here was the New York Jets. And I'm like, nobody's going to go watch the Buffalo Bills and New York Jets. Like, what are, if you wanted to really sell out, you had to bring the Steelers, you had to bring the Dolphins, you had to bring the Patriots. Cause those, well, they brought the, they went there one year with Seattle. I think that was when Seattle was really hot for a preseason game. It wasn't a preseason game. Yeah. Cause we got, yeah. Cause we got one preseason game and it was against Seattle. So maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, but Seattle's not a, popular team here though that's what i'm saying like we weren't bills fans they're like they're like there's there's, yeah 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 i understand yeah if you would have went to hamilton and done this in hamilton you would have sold out every game and whatever price you put out because they're all bills fans out there because they're we're not close to the border we're we're two and a half hours away from you you know what i mean like it's not like we feel like we're neighbors please explain to me this right and maybe you can help me maybe the chat can help me as well I have gone to games, let's say Buffalo Bills versus New England Patriots. And I see somebody wearing a Texans jersey. Can you explain to me what propels somebody to wear a jersey of a team that's not even playing? I mean, it wasn't like that. It was like there was a player on a team that came from that, from Houston. I've gone to multiple games where. People are not even wearing the jersey of the two teams that are participating. That I don't get that. Can you explain that to me? Because that's probably more prevalent in Toronto with the vast array of people, as you said, that, that are fans of certain teams. Um, I understand your point. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God, McChicken. I went to a Pats versus Browns game and a kid was wearing a neon orange Dolphins jersey with a Patriots hat on. Like, the, the 
the games in hold on uh, what the games across the pond i can understand that because there's no well, teams the, over there I can no and that's and, and that's the same as like when i know okay i know he's gonna go oh my god but when european soccer clubs come over here it's a big deal you know what i mean like when you get to see the stars it's all about seeing the stars right um yeah i don't know why don't they just call them the New Jersey Giants and the New Jersey Jets? Like, did they start in New York? Is that why? And then fun fact, fun fact. Um, yeah. Is it still called Giant Stadium? Is it called MetLife? It's called MetLife. It's okay. called MetLife. Okay, Highmark Stadium. Yeah. In Orchard Park, New York. Yeah. Is further away from Buffalo than MetLife Stadium is to New York City. For what it's worth. Well, yeah, I always make that joke to Bills fans and mess with them every time that happens. No, yeah, but that makes sense because they're really <laughs> I, I stay in um because when I went to New York for a conference or I was in a conference in New York City, I actually stayed in uh in the Meadowlands. Like I actually stayed out of Jersey and it was like a nice a 25 minute bus ride. Well, it wasn't it wasn't nice. <laughs> my company put me up at the worst hotel I've ever been at in my life. Like <laughs> we they're like oh there's a mini bar like in fridge and then we showed up the fridge didn't work and we called i called <laughs> we called the front desk and said the fridge doesn't work they're like yeah we know i was Ray, like oh ray's I'm not gonna there. say the name of the hotel but there are two trees involved <laughs> no no, no. it was a marriott <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah now yeah, we called and said the uh we said the fridge isn't working they said yeah we know and i was like all right i wasn't informing you like <laughs> We bought a carton of milk for coffee in the morning. <laughs> what the fuck are we supposed to do with our milk? They told us to put ice, put it on ice. That's what they told us to are do. Are you with serious? Our milk. Wow. Yeah. We never got a new fridge. I mean, I didn't pay for the room, so I wasn't overly like, but if I would have, that would have come out of my pocket, I would have snapped, dude. I would have fucking snapped. Unbelievable. What were we talking about? We haven't even talked about anything yet. Jesus. Christ. Yet. That's fine. Um, the chicken wants you to check your DMs. I don't know. Mac Kyler trade. Patriots Mita wants you to ask me about a Mac Kyler trade. Is that true? Oh my God. He took a picture of it. I got to show you this. Oh God. Oh my Lord. Go away. Go away. Just, it's, (laughs) you want to buy a jersey that fits, first of all. I mean, come on now. (laughs) You think that he puts a hoodie underneath it? That's brutal. That's, <laughs> That's brutal. Well, I look like a traffic cone today, so I'm not going to talk. That I'm sad. a little disappointed that McChicken disassociated, or not McChicken, Mike disassociated himself with the show immediately. <laughs> <laughs> we we came in hot, Ray. We came. We in did. Hot. We did. <laughs> you got oh, an opinion boy. on uh, Goodell politi- politically? avoiding the flight gate today yes yes the fact to. the fact that they were completely exposed for tampering and destroying evidence and and creating their own narrative on falsifying it and him being like i don't really remember the flight gate that was the best part he's like oh yeah like he his answer was like that was so long ago like i barely remember the flight gate like it wasn't one of the biggest scandals and you know right before my super bowl and uh, yeah i know we we were just making sure people uh, were following the rules and that's why we did it those spot checks happened after the nfl was in control of the footballs did you know that yes 
yep. which means what rules could have been violated unless it was oh, the NFL oh my God. investigating the rules. And they want to focus on Brady destroying his phone and a bunch of other stuff. And what's going if, on? If more and more came out, yeah. and I want you to take your I hate Tom Brady ass and, and move that out of the way and just be a, a bias or be an unbiased commentator right now, broadcast journalist, as Bobby Heenan would say. I said anything about the human being or the man i'm talking about you you are you are the bobby heenan of the of the the football world i'm going to tell you that right now i'm a bobby heenan i, you I would are. love to hear the you explanation are. you pretend to be a professional broadcast journalist but you you know deep down you're cheering against hulk hogan <laughs> <laughs> does that make you gorilla monsoon well i'm the smart one so yeah yeah it does it does it really does you, no. you do realize one of his famous quotes, Gorilla Monsoon, when somebody would blindside somebody else, right? Which one was that? He goes, Pearl Harbor job. Pearl Harbor <laughs> Did you know that he used to make up body parts? <laughs> There's like a, a whole video of him just... Yeah, yeah. But I listened to a podcast with Bruce Pritchard, and he was talking when he goes, oh, no, he just made up body parts. Like, oh, and he's... uh. He, he really hurt the solar flexes there, and uh, like he just made them up. I love it. The grill so monsoon. Anyways, if, say, people keep pushing this narrative, pushing the story, exposing the NFL, yeah. does the National Football League have to come out and at the very least issue an apology to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots? Because let me, let me really put you in the mindset of a Patriots fan right now, okay. um, and I know you're going to say you're spoiled, whatever, but really just – no, no. the is a black cloud that hangs over us you know what i mean and i know that people hate and people push things and people push this but every once in a while and it's not often but every once in a while you just kind of want to enjoy what you got to enjoy and when you're watching sports shows or listening to the radio and people are talking about asterisks well that's an asterisk here because that was the you know they cheated to get to the super bowl um, even though the Colts, one of the Colts players said they would have beat them with a bar of soap. Didn't matter what the, the things were like, even though Dequal Jackson came out and he was like, none of us were really upset about it. You know what I mean? Like none of yeah. us were whatever. Do they at the very least have to issue an apology? No. Oh God. Now listen, I'm not saying no because of hatred or any, I'm trying to take an objective approach. Yes. Explain to me, Bobby. It's Go ahead. no, because the NFL will apologize to no one ever. No, now, I know the they won't. The I know, no. but they. But you're saying they don't deserve it. I'm actually they deserve it. No, not I'm the saying NFL they, or... they probably do. There's a lot of people that the NFL probably needs to uh, afford a, an apology to that aren't ever going to get one. And you got to realize that, and you got to come in from that, that mindset. They, the thing that was mentioned in the in the in the chat, I think was uh, Lucas came in. He said, "Give them the picks back." New England would rather have picks than an apology at this point. So we I think discussed that would be this. Huge. We discussed this the other night when the whole story broke. So I want to ask you about this. How does the league give the picks back? Because it was a first-round pick. It would have been the 32nd pick overall. Yes. So I don't think they can give the picks back. What do you do? You give them the 33rd overall pick you could. in the draft? You could give them a 33rd overall pick. But you I'm really going to put... But... Belichick would rather have two-thirds, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, you I know. give them the 33rd pick. But here's my thing. So you give them the 33rd pick, right? What if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and you're supposed to have the 33rd pick? Right? I understand. We just, we just tanked our whole season 
And what if Belichick takes the guy they want with the 33rd pick? Or they have to trade up in the first round because Belichick is going to take yeah, our you guy. Yeah, a great point because what you're doing is you're you're punishing 31 teams because of your mistake. NFL's mistake. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I don't I don't money's think always, the, uh, money's always a big thing. Yeah. I don't you know? think you can give the picks back though. I really don't. I think that you you probably could do it because it is so far up there. And maybe compensatory picks would work. Like thirds? You give them two thirds for the next two seasons. And comp picks. Four year deals and I mean you could, but Belichick is always always doing that. You know, I mean that might just overload them. You know what I mean? Because they already they already get two or three comp- compensatory picks a year. I mean, I believe this is gonna be the first do. year they don't have one. Really? Well, no one no big names left and signed anywhere, right? No, that's the thing. Well, they had no big names in 2020. Yeah, I think I, mean, I actually I think, I think they're getting I think they're gonna get one for Demir Bird because he played, but it's gonna be like a fifth. It's not gonna be a third. They're gonna get like yeah. a, a comp fifth. The big so, thing yeah. about it though, and the thing that we're talking about for the chat, I know that you guys probably already know it, but I, just, I I'm, it's my teacher mode in me. Um, if you if you sign a player, and then they end up going to sign a big name contract somewhere else, and you don't recoup that contract and cancel it out. You end up getting compensatory picks. The the Patriots got them for Tom Brady when he signed in Tampa. They end up getting a third round compensatory picks, which is a, NFL's way of trying to level out the playing field. If you lose a great player, they're going to give you picks in order to try to rebuild your team. Belichick has been doing that with a lot of guys for a lot of years. They come in, they play well, they think the green is uh, the grass is greener somewhere else. They go sign a big name, you know, uh, a big contract somewhere else. The Patriots don't equal that value of the contract that's coming into the organization, and then I'm getting compensatory picks for it. Well, did you know that they changed the comp rule, the comp pick rules because of Belichick? Because he kept getting like three every year. <laughs> yeah, but why do you? How think did they that, adjust it? I can't remember. So tell me why you think they released or they traded Stephon Gilmore for a six this year? Why not just hang on to him, let him go sign a contract somewhere else, and then take it, some? Con- you get a fifth comp you know what i mean for him leaving because what belichick was famous for was restructuring guys contracts having a uh, having a dead year on the contract avoided yeah and it would void and then he would get the comp pick for the voids the nfl changed it that you're no longer eligible for the comp picks on void years so as a guy would age as a guy would start aging out belichick would restructure the contract put in a void year he would leave a year early and then Belichick would, would get a third round pick and try to replace him. Hmm. But because Belichick was so famous of that, they changed the rule that the void rule, the void year no longer that now considers a, that you can't do that. It's now considered them playing for your team. And then they're already signed somewhere else. So you don't get any comp picks the next season. So they had to change that rule for Belichick. Yeah. Cause the bills have a very similar situation with Emmanuel Sanders. Um, he has a, avoided year in his contract but technically he's a free agent so if he signs somewhere else with big money the bills wouldn't yeah. get a comp pick because of that the, okay. the good news is he's not going to sign big money he's a man no, he sanders I don't, I don't think he will uh, it's gonna be... all right um i want so i want to ask you a question that we talked about last night within the last 10 minutes well, i can't believe god half an hour is not long enough for you and i no it is not um but we had this debate last night and i upset a lot of people okay uh, we and i want to ask you I want you to take your Buffalo Bills hating hat off, and I want you to put on your Bill Belichick general manager hat. So you're trying to build the New England Patriots. Sure. Okay. Yep. And you get a call from Cliff Kingsbury, your former backup quarterback. Okay. And he says, hey, Bill, 
straight up Kyler Murray for Mac Jones. Kyler wants out. He's got two years of his rookie deal left. You got Mac. He needs development. I think I can develop him. You got no OC. Kyler, you know, can be, you know, can make things happen on the field. He doesn't want to be here. Do you, if you are Bill Belichick, not a Buffalo Bills fan, if you are Bill Belichick, do you trade Kyler Murray for Mac Jones? No. I do not change. I do, I, you know what? The guy will sell a lot of jerseys. He'll be an exciting player for you. He can get you out of some jams. That is not the infrastructure that's set up in New England in, from my vantage point right now as far as how you're supposed to develop a quarterback, how you're supposed to bring him up in that offense, and how they like to play. You know what? you got to understand. It's got to be complimentary football. You know, it's like <clears> – <throat> It's like comparing going to get your car detailed and you got to drop it off for two hours versus having uh, a rental that you have to have cleaned in 15 minutes. You mm-hmm. know, Murray and that offense over there complements that defense, which is high octane, going to go fast, going to try to you know do things the way that they're going to try to do it. If you look over at New England, it's a very strategic um, wear you down type of offense. And Murray doesn't play in that type of offense. Didn't play in it in college, doesn't play in it now. So the, the deal with deal is the deal is if you want to win and win consistently in the NFL, your offense and defense have to complement each other. If they do mm-hmm. not, then something's going to go wrong throughout the season, and you're going to have a season that goes like this. So I don't think Murray and the way that he plays the game would be a good fit in New England for the Patriots and what they're trying to do both offensively and especially defensively. Okay, I get that. I just love Kyler Murray. Oh my I god, McChicken. I have a question for Kyler Murray. I know I like Kyler Murray. He's an exciting player. Um, but Ray, we can't discount the fact that we talked about it even on this show. When DeAndre Hopkins went out, you saw a yeah. significant drop in Kyler Murray's production. And I don't see DeAndre Hopkins on the Patriots roster right now. Your broadcast partner did say Mac Jones sucks, though, so maybe that influenced my decision a little bit. Man, we're gonna we're going to fight. <laughs> Mike Ann, can you uh, maybe pop, uh, if you're still there, I know you tried to do very quickly to disassociate yourself from the show. Um, <laughs> could you, uh, if you are there, though, could you put a comment up on the screen? I'd appreciate that. Oh, he's here. Yep. Uh, don't we get picks for Michelle? No, Michelle was traded. We would have got picks if he would have left as a free agent, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, we did, we did get picks for him. We got, uh, whatever we got back from, from LA. So yeah, no, no. Sony Michelle, we won't get comp picks for. Uh, Jason says, even as a bills fan, if the NFL screwed up that deflate gate incident, any resulting penalties should be compensated. Wow. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. And I get what you're saying, but, and I, I just think my thing about it is, if I was Jacksonville, I would be upset that somebody's jumping ahead of me in the draft because of something that happened in 2014 that had nothing to do with me and had everything yeah. to do with that team. However, as a Patriots fan, I'm like, we lost a first-round pick. Yes, it was the 32nd overall, but we still lost a first-round pick. And you're right. Belichick could have flipped that for two thirds, which he could have done damage with it. We still lost at like the Patriots still lost assets. Mm-hmm. So I do believe there needs to be some sort of compensation. However, 
especially the first two rounds, which are seen as, you know, the most important rounds in the draft. I don't think it's fair to the 31 other teams that a team gets to jump ahead of them. Again, especially what if you're Jacksonville? I just think about this. Like, what if you're the GM of Jacksonville and you're like, all right, I'm going to take John Smith. And then Roger Goodell comes out and says, with the 33rd overall pick, the New England Patriots take John Smith. I'd be putting my hand through the wall. Yeah. You know, like if- I think what you have to try to do is if you if you're looking for if you're a Patriots fan or any fan of the NFL and you're saying, listen, uh, the New England Patriots have to be compensated for what was taken away from them in 2014 due to the deflate gate uh, evidence that's been coming out. What you have to do is you have to try to find something that's only singular to the Patriots that doesn't directly impact every other team. And I think that's great that you brought it up with Jacksonville going. Hey, we had the 33rd pick. This is ridiculous. You know, it's going to shift every player down one or it's going to yep. influence it. And I understand that. And um and then like like you said, he likes to flip picks. What if the Eagles trade up to get the 33rd pick? Now they're the target of the scrutiny. Like, hey, why did they get it and we didn't get, you know, and all this other or stuff. Or so, what what if it's the Colts that trade up and get it? Like what if it's now a divisional rival that trades up? with the Patriots to get ahead of Jacksonville and take the player Jacksonville was going to take. Exactly. I mean, it'd be pretty ironic if it was, they give the pick to the Colts at 30, yeah. the fact that they played them in that game. But I think you got to find something that's singular to, I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now, but something singular to the Patriots that you can compensate Money. them for. Money's Money. huge. Money's huge. You could um, <clears throat> maybe for two years, you give them an extra two extra practice squad spots i was gonna say could you maybe work with the practice or, or protected yeah. crap or, or protected Something, practice squads you know, some you know and having it, having protected practice squad spots is huge i mean i don't think they're oh, gonna yeah. i, I don't know, think that I know, should go away when all this stuff is done no i don't think amazing. it should either there's certain things that have happened in sports because of the pandemic like in soccer for instance you are now allowed to substitute five players can we used to only be able to do three it's now five because you know you miss a lot of I never want that to go away. I like that you're able to substitute half your team. In football, I like the extra picks. I mean, we saw guys come up and get opportunities who wouldn't have if they didn't have a protected pick. You know what I mean? Well, one like, of the things that they're trying to do in the new CBA is they're trying to protect a lot of the veteran players. That's the thing that yep. they have a lot, of, a lot of trouble with, trying to protect veteran players. That's why you see these rookie deals. And it was weird because when they created the rookie deals, the cheapest way to fill out your team and to balance your books is to draft. So it puts more of an onus on a lot of those picks that go on in the NFL where all these, the, you know, veterans have a veteran minimum that you have to pay them after they've already served in the league for so many years. So it's tough to see, you know, a lot of those veterans end up becoming the protected players on the practice squad now. So then they end up having, they have their salary, which is their minimum veteran salary, and then they're still on a practice squad. So it's very, very interesting to see that. So just so you know. All right. I don't know what's going on on Twitter right now. I think I need I think I need to change my avatar to myself in a Patriots jersey because I got a lot of six to three sent to me today and a lot of stat lines from the Jacksonville game that Buffalo lost. And I got a lot of stuff because I wrote an article for DeanBlundell.com where I basically highlighted what defensive players in the AFC were saying about Josh Allen and Chiefs fans blew their minds and I said to I said to somebody I said to Dean actually we were chatting back and forth and then he he wrote me and said hey this article's a monster because it's getting a lot of clicks he goes this 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 article's a monster and I said yeah and Chiefs fans heads are exploding I said it's a win-win situation for him (laughs) 
but I had to, so Dean Blundell tweeted it out and I eventually got to the point today that I had to mute the tweet because my phone would not stop vibrating. I was at work and it was just, and I clicked on and I had like 72 notifications and it was just Chiefs fans going ballistic that I dare don't write an article about Wonder Boy and wrote one about Josh Allen. However, Everybody knows I love Josh Allen. That's something I've been very vocal about for three years. Um, I've said it on your show. I've said it on my show. I've said it on the AC's roundtable. I love Josh Allen. I need the people out in Twitterville to understand I am not a Buffalo Bills fan. I will never be a Buffalo Bills fan. In the second line of my article, I said, this hurts my soul to say, and then wrote nice things about Josh Allen. So please... I don't care about the six to three. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. Please stop blowing up my notifications with six to three. You don't have to do it anymore. Six to three. Oh, send God. it to send it to Mario. Oh yeah, send that to me. I want to see that. That's cool. <laughs> I can't with you. Yeah, you might have All to right. redo it. You may have to redo it. <laughs> redo what? Your your avatar. Yeah, um, Mike. Mike, let's do one more comment and then we'll uh, wrap this up. Mike's under a lot of pressure. Oh, Mike's gone. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Mike just dropped out. Mike is up. Mike's upset. He's like, great. Now he's talking about my. Now he's talking about Josh Allen and Rutro. He's really, really, really. All right. Here's what David says. He says, "I want an apology from Goodell, uh, and it needs to be at Gillette, so he can be booed into an oblivion." Can you believe that the incompetent boob makes $40 million a year? So funny story. Did you know that the National Football League is no longer a not-for-profit organization? They used to be, which is one of the biggest jokes I've ever seen. And Mario's not even talking to me. He's just responding to the chat the whole time. So I'll just uh, I'll just, I'll just do my thing. Did you know that they're not a, they're not a not-for-profit anymore? No, no, no. Yeah, I know. That's why Goodell doesn't need to... Uh, Disclose a salary anymore. He was prior to that. He was making. They said forty-four million a year because he works for the owners. That's what a lot of people don't really understand. He works for the owners. That is his primary job. So anything that protects owners, that's why he's always going like this with the CBA and and the players. That's why that that happened. Do you realize that all we would have to do is be the general manager of the NFL for like three months, and we'd be set for life? facts yeah. like we could retire we could just like we still have to live a modest life it's not enough to live like a glamorous life we'd be able to money quickly but to live a somewhat modest life with stress-free three months as general manager we'd be we'd be good i would be willing to work until i'm 90 years old watching film and breaking down film for for coaches i would do that all day every day that would yeah. be my job all that's not a bad day. job do it. i would run i would start my own online radio station i think i do i would hire guys like you you'd have a three-hour show breaking down film that'd be your, you'd, you'd have oh your own show God, i would put people to sleep nah dude just you go longer than just... 15 minutes with a film breakdown people fall asleep all right then i'll just give you your own show we just we would just we'd have a 24-hour youtube channel just a new live stream starts every three hours and it's just a new <laughs> a new team great. a new team that comes in you would we'd break say, youtube that'd be amazing We'd start our own, but if you start a new one every three hours, everything stays up. We would start our own radio station. It'd be like an online radio station. Anyways, back to your, uh, your, you would demand an apology. It, yeah. yeah. You know what? If you wanted to, you know how you were talking about, like, you got to do something that's beneficial for the Patriots from a non-football perspective. Yes. 
this would appease a lot of fans. I think that if Goodell had to eat some humble pie, take one on the chin for the owners, earn his $44 million, which is probably more around 50 now when you talk about inflation, because the poor guy, we don't want him to starve. Um, you know, it's, yeah. uh, I think that Patriot fans would, I think that a lot of us would get the closure that we want if he had to stand in the middle of Gillette Stadium and just let us boom for 10 minutes as he apologizes for framing Tom Brady. I would rather, and then you talk about giving them money. Uh, or was Who was talking about giving them money? I don't know. That's a different topic for a different day. I was going to talk about actually hire refs full-time so that that's their only job. I was going to say... That, that's that's going to be the Patriots vindication for Deflategate that we have. No, no, I was trying referees. to say, like, instead of, because someone said give the Patriots $10 million. And I said, instead of that, instead of spending the money on that, spend it on full time referees. I love the fact that the NFL pays the commissioner close to $50 million a year, but they're like, we really can't afford to give guys like a $70,000 contract to be a full time referee. You know, like it's like it's, it's a little lot of our oh i want I can't to believe that my pockets are so, oh god it's just i would love to but you know started my, out at 100k my jet needs to be fueled and then adjust it to the cost of living of where these refs live you know what's amazing i don't think the nfl thinks the refs are a problem that's the thing <laughs> okay do you know why though do you know why hmm. let me put this on let me put this on for you clear the chat please mike it's just you and I, Mario. This is going to be a close talk one. Okay, I got you. Um, do you remember Easy E? Do you remember a guy named Easy E? I do. He once said, um, "Any attention is good attention." He, and did you know that the best advertising for the NFL drama is, is four million people complaining about the referees on Twitter? <laughs> because what does everybody do? They run to the NFL YouTube page. It's trending to go watch the highlights. They go turn on the game to see what's going on. Um, what do you think the Tampa Bay ratings were after Antonio Brown ran off the field with a shirt off? That has nothing to do with the refs, though, does it? No, but I'm saying, though, oh, any drama. I'm just talking drama in general. The referees mm -hmm. are the best drama in the world. They're the Have you ever stopped watching a football game or football because of the referees? Yeah. Consistently? Not consistently, God. No, because nobody will. I love the game. I love the game. However, I did tweet um, you that I, I was gonna I was gonna dox a referee. <laughs> um, the referees doxing is when you put their address out. Publicly, I know, right? I know you were gonna do. No, that. no, I'm, I'm um, I want to make sure that's what it is, and I'm not using the wrong because I've already canceled myself <laughs> once tonight. I don't want to do it again. That's that's fine. We'll, we'll we'll be back soon. The point is about the referees is this. I can't. I can't think of any other multi-billion dollar corporation that would still, even in a public forum that has employees routinely mess things up in a public forum mm -hmm. and still continues to employ those and don't doesn't think that there's a problem at all. But I don't actually blame the referees. You know that? Even if they were full-time. You have video technology. Yeah, you can see Use everything. it. Use it. Yeah. And you know what? It wouldn't take, how long, how many times? It take what? 10 seconds to confirm a call. 10 seconds. Um, You know what though? It's the, the referees don't want to be embarrassed. The NFL doesn't want to slow down the pace of the game. And uh, have you ever watched Major League Baseball? 
because they're the uh, you want you want Joe West retired. Do you know how excited I got? Dude, they made the announcement and like did this big nice thing on Twitter, and it was just like three hundred and forty thousand replies of "f you, Joe, <laughs> Joe West." <laughs> oh the poor guy got no send off whatsoever. Who was the guy that almost made a pitch to perfect game, but the the, the umpire oh, called him safe, for the, and then for they the had buying a car for the for Tigers, the, Arm, for the Arm, Tiger. Armacto or something like that, Armando. And that was uh, Chad. Help us out on this one. That was, and the referee was. They ended up getting him a car. The ump got him a car. Yeah, they did. No, it wasn't the ump. I think it was like Ford who gave him a Mustang. Oh, Angel Hernandez. No, it wasn't Hernandez. It wasn't Hernandez. Was it? No, 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 no. I could have swore that was the pitcher. No, it wasn't. Angel had a game against the Yankees and the Red Sox, I think in the postseason, where he had seven calls challenged and all of them were wrong. Every challenge got turned over. Like every call got turned over. He's at first base. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it was one of the like the three big names in baseball. Perfect game, ump. Armando Galarraga was the ref. Was the was the pitcher? Galarraga, okay. Yeah, Armando. And oh, Angel he, Hernandez is the ump. He said. Is no, he Angel said? was not That's the what, ump. He was not. What, oh. I'm telling you, he was. I'm just not. reading McChicken. McChicken is wrong. It was Jim Joyce. Yes. Because I remember the announcer. Jim Joyce, no. Armando Jim Joyce. Galarraga's near perfect game. Ruined by Jim Joyce, who quote unquote kicked the shit out of that call. He cried. He yeah, cried and in- as he gave the keys to the, the, the pitcher of the next game. Yep. And Leland tore him a new asshole. Oh, he did. Do you know what's funny? As much as we complain about NFL refs and them not using technology. Baseball is a game I wish didn't use technology. You never see those blow-ups anymore. Like like a Leland just going. If you go look at like manager blowout comp, like comp, compilations, are all from like the mid two thousands. This dude threw eighty eight pitches that game. Yep. Are you kidding and, me? And he was out by a foot and a half. He was out by a foot. Sometimes and a half. referred to as the twenty eight out perfect game, almost yep. perfect game, extra perfect game, the imperfect game, and the Galarraga game. Do you know who I was more upset with? What's that? Major League Baseball had the authority to overrule that call and consider it a perfect game. Everyone and knows it didn't. was. Technically, in the rule books, or in the stat book, it won't be one, but it is one. No, but they could have turned that in. They could have officially made it a perfect game, and they chose not to. Because, you know, human error. Hey, thanks for coming. I appreciate you, Mario. Oh, absolutely. But we got to go, because I passed the hour and 10-minute mark, and they're going to be upset with me again. They kind of pay me. They pay me and stuff, so I should probably listen to them. You can edit the YouTube at the end. Uh, of it. You can cut they, the last ten minutes of me out of here. They just, just after take, we talk about draft picks. <laughs> they <laughs> just they they just take everything. They listen to it. I don't really have control. I was already out for four minutes when my Wi-Fi went out, and I had to go reset the router, Ugh. which is embarrassing when you can't even stay live on your own podcast. <laughs> Looking to some new tech over there, bud. 
Um, no, I'm gonna have. I was gonna call Bell on air and let everybody hear my conversation with them as I was flipping a, a switch. Anyways, that's Mario. You can find him at hashtag Sports on YouTube. Him and uh, Paul. We Pal. have episodes Monday, Wednesday, Friday at noon with Paul. As they drive in their car, and they say Mac Jones socks and eat donuts with two hands, and then flex that he ate it with one, like I was supposed to be impressed by it or something. He did flex, and he did. Did, eat did you bit. edit that video? Oh yeah, it was good keeping that in. Look, Mario, one hand. And I was gonna tweet at you guys at that moment. Like, do you really think flexing that you can eat a donut with one hand really makes up for you eating a donut with two hands? Those are Paula's donuts, and if you if you know Paula's donuts, it's kind of a big deal. So what, you go to Tim Hortons for coffee and then go somewhere else for the donuts? We have before. Because you guys were drinking Tim Hortons cups. No, no, no. I'm saying that episode you were speaking of, those donuts were pretty big from Paula's Donuts. No. Those were, they weren't. They were small. They were Tim Hortons donuts. Go, go look at it. Go watch the film. The You're rewriting the sky does not lie. You're rewriting history. <laughs> You were drinking a Tim Hortons cup. That's what made me notice that you guys were eating and drinking. Or that he was eating and you were drinking. And then he picked it up. And I can tell a Tim Hortons donut because that's kind of our thing. I know that like... I know Rochester and Buffalo and New York. Like you're trying to make it your thing. But it's kind of our thing. That's like... Like when someone's like, do you want a coffee here? Like it means do you want Tim Hortons? It's not do you want Dunkin's or do you want this or do you want that? Like if you want a coffee means you're going to go to Tim Hortons and get a coffee. And you guys try to steal it from me. And I'm already three minutes late for my show. We literally just spent it talking about coffee. So um, follow Mario on Twitter at hashtag 2.0. Two as in the number, point as in the word, O as in zero. Zero, yeah. And uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. Yeah. Yes, sir. You think next time you can just put your kid on? Because it was a lot more enjoyable when she was here than talking to you. While I don't discount that statement, um... Tuesdays is when. So if you want her to be on the Colts show. I got a question for you. How did she become so cute? Because ain't fucking you. Oh, I thank God every day that all three of my kids look like their mother. <laughs> Thanks, brother. All right. Take it easy, bro. Take it easy. That was Mario. Hashtag sports. So this is the best part. He's in the waiting room now. And I can talk all the smack I want, and there's nothing he can do about it. I like to see him flat back a table. Like, Bills fans are always doing, like, they're always trying to hit with their ass. Just flat back a table. See if you can just, like, collapse the legs, but keep the thing intact. What do Patriot fans do? They sing. Sweet care. Oh, no, that's Red Sox. You know, you know, you know, I appreciate it. Appreciate you. And, uh, come back tomorrow. You're all legit kid.
Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.